Hey, it's me, Sam. Uh, This is my podcast, and thanks for listening. Um, Today, in true fashion, I'm recording after midnight because I I have all these thoughts going through my head, but the real purpose of this episode is uh, to document and to record some clarifications from my um, interview with my dear, dear friend, Jill, that I had yesterday. And not that, um, not that anything that she said was wrong or, um, that I said was wrong or that we need to, to correct any of those things. But here's, here's the, here's the thing. Um, and I told her this cause I don't, I don't want her to feel like I'm like correcting anything that she said or that anything along those lines. But so if you were to go like, let's say to an auto body shop and there's like a, a group of mechanics, a group, I don't know, there's usually like three guys, <laughs> three oily handed guys in there. But if you were to go to like a mechanic shop and there's these mechanics in there and they're talking about cars and engines and things like that, you may stand on the outside of that conversation and not understand anything that they're talking about because obviously they're using their own lingo. They're talking in way a way that they understand because they all have that common interest and um, passion as far as vehicles and engines and all of those things. I mean, like, even in the sports world, like, there's times when I see people even, like, post things on Facebook about, you know, I think there's, like, a basketball thing going on right now. And I see people posting and I'm like, I just don't even know, like, like what half of these words mean. Um, so, like, you know, or, like, maybe a group of golfers or a group of baseball players or something. Like, people who are in a group who are passionate about whatever it is, whether it's a sport or a career or a, uh, you know, whatever it is, they're obviously going to have their own lingo, their own words, their own things that when they're in a conversation with someone who has that, that same passion, they're going to be using that lingo. And so from the outside, you may stand there and think, what are they even talking about? And so when I listened um, back through my interview with Jill, what I realized is that her and I, um, you know, she, if you listen to that episode, she is obviously a Christian. I am a Christian. So when her and I started having that conversation, we jumped in and we jumped in hard to some Christianese um, lingo. And so, you know, just because of just sheer... um just just because of my life that I've lived and, and the people that I have contact with, and I am a Christian, and I, I'm in church, and I've worked Christian camps, and I went to a Christian university. And so just by, because of what it is, the majority of my circle of people are Christian. But what I've kind of said from day one is that I don't necessarily want for this podcast to only be labeled as a Christian only podcast or as unless you're a Christian, you won't understand um, what's being talked about or you can only you only listen to it if you're a Christian. That's not what I want. And so when I listened to our discussion, what I said was, you know what, I want to come back in um, with this episode with this clarifications corner and um, just kind of like I literally just listened to it and made a list of some of the the lingo that her and I both use and just kind of explain um, what some of those things mean and you know for her and I like we don't even just like a mechanic talking about 
I don't even, I don't even know pistons and belts or something. I don't, but you know, we just kind of jump right into that and then, and there's not a lot of thought about, okay, does anybody even understand (laughs) what we're saying? Because of course I understand. Of course she understands because that's the life's the life that we've lived. But so this is for just clarification of some of those words and phrases and, and comments and things. So Right off the bat, I talked about how um, I had gone to her um, to help me with some different, you know, uh, moral and, and just, you know, different questions that I had, you know, through text messages I had texted her. And one of the things I said was that I wanted to be above reproach um, when interacting with other men as a single woman. And so what I meant by that is... Um, I want to present myself like I know what I do. I know um, I know that I'm living a life that's moral and, and that, you know, I'm, I'm trying, my, you know, the best that I can to make good decisions and make good choices. But when I say I want to live, when I say above reproach, what I meant by that was I don't want um, anything that I do, even though it may be completely innocent or it may be there may not be any shadiness to it. I don't ever want to present, you know, or give anybody um, any inkling that there may be something um, that's there that isn't there. I don't want anybody to ever question my character because of the presentation of something that may could be perceived in a certain way. So maybe that's me being paranoid or being over anxious. I I don't really know. But so that's what that meant is just saying that, um, yeah, just just living my life in a way that. You know, there's no question. I don't have any secrets. I don't have anything to hide. I just want to be, um, you know, I just don't want to, I don't want to give people the, the I don't want to give people another, a reason to gossip about me. I mean, I'm sure there's plenty of, uh, plenty of that going around and maybe not. I'm not that big of a deal. I don't know why I even say that, but so that's that. Um, so then there was a couple of times that she said, and then I said things like the Lord's doing some other things. The Lord um, didn't release me. Um, she said at one point, the Lord sitting next to me and saying, um, so I think, you know, those, those comments, I can just imagine someone listening and be like, what the heck? I thought that I didn't think that God was visible. I didn't know that like the Lord could sit next to you. Um, and and so I think what, what I want to explain is that for someone like Jill and, and for myself, and I know, you know, other Christian friends that I have, you know, when, when, when I have my relationship with God, I, you know, the intimacy level, you know, it, it might as well be, you know, Jesus sitting next to me kind of deal. Like I, um, and I know she would say the same thing, like the, the level of intimacy puts it at a point to where, you know, there's an interaction level that is akin to a best friend, but in also a way that's, that's reverent and that's, um, you know, that is a father. And so that when the, when she talks about, about God and about the Lord in those ways, um, I think what, what she's saying is that there is a, a connection and an intimacy in her relationship with God that <clears throat> allows for her to feel as if, God is there with her, giving her direction, giving her, um, you know, just guidance in her day-to-day life. And part of that is that what we have um, as a Christian faith is the Bible in that, you know, if you look, most Bibles, even right on the title, will say, 
Holy Bible, you know, God's holy word. Some of them will have printed right on the top of it. And so even though God's not, you know, sitting beside me and visit, you know, verbally, um, audibly talking in my ear, when I read my Bible, that those are God's words, I believe. And that, and so I can, I can with confidence say, you know, I'm reading God's word. I feel that and believe that this is God speaking to me. And I, you know, pray and ask for God to give me direction through his words and in prayer. So that's what, that's kind of what that meant. I just, I just know people will be like, that feels kind of hokey pokey. Like, what are you talking about? The Lord sitting next to me and saying, so that's, that's, I wanted to explain that piece of it too. Um, just some logistical things too, like <clears throat> she talked about a mega church and just to, just to explain that, I actually asked her um, when we had one of our previous conversations, I said, you know, I never thought about this, but I used to live in Memphis for a short period of time. I also lived in Atlanta for a short period of time. I lived in South Texas for a period of time. And in all of those areas, there were these churches that are considered what's labeled as a mega church. And I don't know like what the actual, of course, I don't know the exact number, but I don't know what the exact number is um, as far as membership that takes a church from just being a normal church to a mega church. I know one of the churches that I attended in Memphis had like 5,000 members, 10,000 members. I mean, so these churches are gigantic. And I asked her, I said, you know, why do you think it is that, these that there's mega churches in the south but if you think about it if you're if you're in a church or you're in the area I mean we are an abundance of churches there's no doubt about that but if as when I was thinking about even the area that I live in I can think of one church that maybe would cross the um, line as far as maybe being considered a mega church but even with that particular church that I'm thinking of I don't think that they run more than a thousand or two members so I don't know if they even cross that you know line to be considered a mega church but so what how, what she was saying about her mega church starting a campus and then within that mega church having small groups so what typically happens and i saw this in atlanta is that there'll be one church let's say let's just as an example there'll be one church like in a, in downtown atlanta and that church will grow and grow and grow and grow and um and then they'll get to the point to where they'll feel like there's a need in north atlanta so then they'll do a campus that's connected to that like base church, the mega church in North Atlanta. And then when that church in North Atlanta grows and grows and grows, then maybe they do another, like I've heard them called like satellite campuses or, you know, she said like, <coughs> oh gosh, I think I just inhaled a mosquito. Oh my gosh. Um, so yeah, that's what it was saying. Like these churches get so big that they start discussing, you know, where else can we look to where there maybe is a need to start another church. The other thing that she said about a small group within the mega church is that if you can imagine, um, like if you've ever been to a concert, you know, I haven't been, in, I, I've been to the NSYNC concert in 2000 and that was fantastic. Pink and Cisco were the openers. So that's something I'll never forget. But anyway, I mean, I haven't been to a lot of concerts. Um, but if you can imagine going to a concert and uh, by yourself and spending an hour there, hearing the music, whatever it was, and then leaving, 
chances are you probably didn't form any super close relationships with any of the people that you were around because it's just chaotic. There's people everywhere. You're coming and going. Everybody's doing their thing. So what she was talking about, uh, about small groups mm-hmm. being kind of critical mm-hmm. within um, these mega churches is that, so just imagine at that same concert, at the end of it, they say, um, we want for all of the people who are uh, vegetarians to meet uh, in lot B of the parking lot, you know, whatever. And so then here you've been a part of this, you know, this concert, but afterwards you go out to lot B and now you're connected with all the vegetarians. And so now you are meeting people and you are forming relationships and you have a common bond and a common um you know, interests and things like that. So that's what she was talking about with small groups is that, you know, they'll advertise and they'll, they'll kind of promote, you know, whether it's, you know, 20 something families or 30 somethings or, or older, older, um, individuals. I know some churches will promote for older individuals and younger individuals and any age group to meet all together to kind of get perspective from each other. So it just depends on how, you know, whatever, how the church runs it. But that's what that kind of means is just the church. Um, and even my church that definitely isn't a mega church. That's something that we promote because I think not only is it, is it helpful to be able to kind of connect with other people with common interests and things? But I'm telling you what, this mosquito is tearing out my throat. Hold on. I don't, I don't even know if it was a mosquito, but my throat is messed up. Hold on. But I mean, just imagine kind of going back to the same analogy, you know, you're at this concert and in the middle of it, the, uh, (laughs) You know, Justin Timberlake is like, hey, um, go ahead and share your uh, biggest struggle of the week with all of the people around you. (laughs) And you're like, "Uh, no, thank you. So but when he tells you to go out to lot B and you're with the vegetarians and it's a small group and you're sitting in a circle and it's intimate and like you're with your people in that moment, you know, in those type of settings, you obviously feel, um, you feel more connected, you feel more vulnerable, you feel more willing to form closer relationships, which then obviously leads to being more transparent and honest and things like that. So that's, like I said, my church that's even smaller, it's definitely still promotes like having small groups. And I think that, you know, for some people who, um, like myself, I really struggle with this. I struggle with going into church and like, trying to meet people or trying to make friends or trying to interact with people because it just it just feels really overwhelming for me. And even in a small group, I don't feel that much. <laughs> it's still overwhelming, but it's it's less when I'm in somebody's home or I'm at the church and I, it's just, you know, there's 10 of us. And so it's smaller and it's more intimate. So anyway, that's that's kind of to explain that. So when so along those lines, when she talked about women's ministry and how that stretched her and challenged her, um, she didn't actually stretch. You know what it just means. And I think people know this is that, you know, it just challenged her in a way that she hadn't been challenged before. But I think, you know, women's ministry, that's exactly what I'm talking about when I say vegetarians. Like, women's ministry is an outreach, you know, specifically to women in the church. Um, whether it's, there's so many conferences and Bible studies that are directed specifically for women and women's issues. So, that's what she was talking about with that. Um, 
the one thing, she, just to kind of fo- stay focused on the church comments, she said something about inside of the four walls versus in the world. And so I think what she was saying was that, I know what she was saying, and I just want to explain it, says, you know, it's from what I'm hearing her say is that within her church, you know, they do a really great job of taking care of the people within that building and the, in the membership there. And so what she was saying that they're working on is trying to kind of uh, bridge that gap of, okay, we're doing, we're doing great within the four walls of our church, but let's try to, you know, push this out of the walls into the world and kind of create this, this, um, you know, this system to where not only are we providing for the needs of the people within our building, but we're also going out into the community. And I think she also talked about her churches is doing a lot of those things, which I think is so cool. So great. I've talked about this and I didn't really bring it up with her, but I've talked about this in previous episodes about how I really believe that, you know, the church is, um, is, is, is so, responsible and and it's it's such a huge need for people's basic physical needs to be met Um, and I think the church has a real opportunity to be able to do that not to be like sneaky or backhanded like I'm gonna offer you a free dentist because my real goal is to get you into church no like (laughs) I think it could be very genuine and it is very genuine for churches that do this but I also think that, you know, in reality, like if I got a cavity, I don't want to talk about Jesus. I don't want to talk about Jesus' love. I just want you to fix my tooth and I don't want to have to pay for it. And if you offer a free dental clinic, thank you. Goodbye. But I think in those moments, you know, and if, you, if you've if you read your Bible or you do read your Bible, like you can go into the Bible and see Jesus doing this very thing over and over and over and over. You know, you've heard these stories about feeding the 5,000 and, uh, you know, healing the sick and, and, and help, you know, making the blind to see like those were physical, tangible needs that people had. And when he was able to do, when he did those things, people, they leaned in a little bit. They leaned in because they thought, you know, I think in this, I think we're, we're a community can kind of react to a church doing these things because, you know, again, not to be sneaky or like, you know, undermine or anything like that. But I think people lean in a little bit. I think people look at the church when, when they do those types of outreaches and say, you know, why, why are you doing this? What's going on? And I think when, when those questions are asked, that's when, you know, at least for me and I've had these opportunities and I know other people in my church have and other friends of mine, when people say to me like, well, but why are you doing this? Like, what's your, what's your end game? What's your, what do you get out of it? And then that's where I can come back and say like, I don't have an end game. I don't have any like ulterior motives. I just love Jesus and I want to serve. And part of serving is helping other people when, when I can help. And so that is, um, yeah, that was not anything that she talked about. I just kind of went off on a tangent there. Sorry. But, um, so let me see. So when she was talking about, um, just a couple of other things, it really, I really, really appreciate Jill. I thought she did just a wonderful job of just really being honest. I already said this and when I close up um, her episode, but again, want to just make sure that somebody doesn't start that episode and just turn away and run away from the, the channel altogether, because I want this to be a place where anyone, and I said this from day one, like, Anyone from any belief, from any religion, from any 
um, race, gender, sexuality, anything can come and have really honest conversation and, and just be, be who they are and, and, and come and find acceptance and love and, and be able to talk freely about what they think and what they believe and how they feel. And so, um, so anyway, she talks about speaking truth and confrontation and able to confront and refining and sanctifying. So all of those things, responsibility with wisdom was one of the other things she mentioned, um, his truth versus my own truth. So, so just to clarify that kind of whole, you know, those, those topics, essentially what's what I, what I believe and what, what I love about, um, having my faith and, and having other friends of mine who have the same faith and, and are Christians is that we kind of have like a, a accountability to each other. Like I feel um, some level of responsibility for friends of mine who are Christians because, and I hope and I pray that, that other friends of mine, you know, friends of mine feel that same kind of burden and responsibility for me because, um, and I think we, I think we all know this, like there's been times in my life and I, and I think there's been times in everyone's life where you're just kind of going along and living your life in a certain way. And it, it maybe takes someone kind of looking in from the outside to say, Hey, like, like, I love the way she said it. It's, it's very, uh, it's just very kind of non confrontational, but to say like, Hey, you know what? Like that makes me kind of nervous. Like that, what's going, what's going on? Tell me more about what's, what you've been doing. Tell me more about like the decisions you've been making and where you're spending your money and how you're spending your time. It just kind of makes me kind of nervous. And so I think that that's the really cool thing about, um, about what she was saying, like, um, God's wit, God's truth versus her own truth is that because she has this intimacy and a relationship with God and because it's a, it's just a huge part of her life and it's something that she gives a lot of energy and a lot of attention to is that she has a level of confidence to be able to go to someone, another Christian, uh, uh, you know, a woman and say, um, and, and probably even a man, I wouldn't put it past her to confront a man. I, I, she didn't say that she ever has, but I wouldn't put it past her um, to be able to go to a person in confidence with the backing of what she knows from the Bible and with the backing of what she knows through her relationship with God and say, look, I I don't like, I'm nervous about the way you're living your life and let's talk about it. And so, so that's just to kind of clarify, I felt like it was pretty clear what she was saying, but what I was thinking about, like, what if someone, you know, isn't a Christian or doesn't have a faith, like, what would they think about this whole confrontation topic? And it's not, I, I, I don't want anybody thinking like confrontation. Like, are you talking about they stole money from you or you think they might've stole something when they visited your house or you think they might've vandalized your car or something? No, I don't think it's things like that. I think it's more so like I see um, a friend of mine who I know is a Christian living a life or making choices that, you know, doesn't line up with what I know they believe. And so I feel, and I feel like, you know, as Christians, we have a responsibility to go to that person and say, you said you're a Christian. I believe you're a Christian. I believe you have a relationship with God, but these, but this, this, and this, and this doesn't line up with you having, you know, with you saying that you have, um, have faith in God. So 
you know, there's like a thin line of, you know, being judgmental and, um, you know, just confronting in love and in honesty and wisdom. And so I think, you know, having that confidence, like she was saying, and, and being good at it, you know, I'm doing air quotes, being good at it, but it's not that she's good at it. It's just that she is confident and she has wisdom and God has given her, um, the talents to be able to really access that wisdom when she needs it in a way that she can, you know, go to people. I like just as an example, and I didn't talk about this, but when, um, when her and I worked camp, I mentioned this in my podcast when I talked about my first marriage in the episode in my podcast, in the episode, when I um, talked about my first marriage, um, when I first got to that camp, I immediately kind of Velcroed myself to one guy um, in particular who wasn't the guy that I, you know, wasn't my the guy that I married first, but um, wasn't my first husband, but it was another counselor. And I think I mentioned this actually that it didn't really matter to me. Like I just wanted to have his attention and I wanted to um, be connected to him in a way that nobody else was just my own insecurities and, you know, whatever it was. But um, he had a girlfriend and I, and I said not a fiance, but now that I've thought about it more, it may, he may have been engaged. I'm not really sure. But anyway, he was definitely in a relationship back home, like a pretty serious relationship. And I remember while we were there, she actually confronted me about how, um, I was spending too much alone time with him and that it was essentially disrespectful to his, um, girlfriend, fiance, whatever she was. And so that is, that is kind of what, that's, that's kind of a perfect scenario because she knew that I was a believer and she knew that I, even though my intentions were pure, he and I never, like, we just ran around and acted stupid. We didn't do anything together. There was no, like, inappropriate behavior, you know, anything like that. We just, like, went to Captain D's. She, rem- I didn't, <laughs> that's a lie. I didn't, I made that, I, I said that because she just mentioned the other day about how that's the only thing she remembered about this particular guy was that he loved Captain D's. And I was like, well, there's my, uh, lack of long-term memory because I definitely did not remember that. But, I mean, that's what we did. Like, he had a truck and I had flown into Nashville. So it was just like, we just ran around and acted stupid. But she knew that I would never want to convey to anyone or I would never want anyone to think that I was chasing this guy um, or anything like that when, you know, everyone knew that he had a girlfriend and that he was in a relationship. And so that's, that's an example, I guess, you know, hopefully that get, that's a, I mean, that's a really like not very deep example, but I mean, that's an example just to give you kind of an idea. So, um, I think that's about it. Again, it just happens. Like you just get in this vibe and like her and I, you know, we just kind of have a, a good flow of conversation and, you know, the, t- the, the Christianese just flows thick. So, oh, the one thing that I said in the, you know, I was actually trying to figure out another word for it because I kind of hate this word was testimony. And essentially what, you know, what the word testimony I think means is just like, what do people know about me? Like when I, uh, you know, when I die, like what's my eulogy, you know, or like, that's kind of, I don't know, bleak, but (laughs) I mean, like, what do people know about me as far as my faith and my actions and things like that? And so when I say like, I don't want to compromise that, I don't want to do anything that's going to affect my testimony, you know, what that just means is that 
I don't want to, like, I don't want to punch somebody because I'm mad at a traffic stop because obviously that's not, that's not really going to communicate to that person that I'm a, I'm a Christian and that I, you know, I'm able to uh, live a life that's peaceful and calm and, you know, all those. So, it, yeah, so I think that's, that's, that's the, the word testimony. I, again, I grew up in a very um, conservative church. And so that word is kind of like a trigger for me. I don't really like it. Um, I can get into that. I'll get into that some other time. But anyway, so the last thing that's kind of a logistical thing that I wanted to, um, you know, I'd had Jill to listen to the episode and, and, and asked her if there was anything that she felt like she needed to clarify. Um, and so there was just one thing she actually said, she said that, um, her church had purchased 150 body cameras for the um, police department at where her church is. And so what she came, what she actually found out, <clears throat> what she said, she knew, she knew this information, but she wanted to clarify is that it was actually a $15,000 check that was given to the police department for the purpose of purchasing body cameras. So I think the assumption was made that, you know, 150 or so would have been purchased, but she didn't actually know the exact number of, uh, body cameras that were purchased. She just knew that, you know, after some fact checking and we had recorded, she just, she found out that it was just a, it was a $15,000 check that was given to the police department for the purpose of purchasing those cameras. So to clarify that, there we go. Done, done and done. Um, so yeah, I hope that <coughs> I almost wish that I could like link this episode with the previous episode and be like, look, 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 don't, don't run away. Like l- listen to the second episode before you, um, like listen to this interview and feel like you don't know what's being talked about because this, I'm hoping that I haven't rambled. I'm talking, I know I'm talking really fast, but I haven't rambled too much. And then I've given an adequate explanation of some of that lingo and things that her and I use um, so that you feel confident in, you know, the topics that were talked about. Cause it was just good. It was, it was good information. It was a good interview. I really enjoyed talking to her. She'll be back. Um, I'm actually, I'm going to close this out, but I'm getting ready to um, put this um, link for the podcast up on Facebook and Instagram and kind of allow, um, or not allow, like I'm, anyway, I always, I say things that I hate that I say them because it makes me sound like I'm a bigger deal, big deal, and and I'm not, like I, I hate that, and it's not like I'm not doing it on purpose, it just sometimes I think that just the, the way that I talk or like the things that I say, like I'm going to allow for people to access this podcast. That's not, no, like that's, it's stupid, but, um, I'm just going to, I'm just going to open it up a little more. Like I've sent it, I've sent it the link to people who have asked, but I'm just going to open it up a little bit more. And so one of the things that I'm going to make is actually a group page. So I don't have to keep like being annoying and blasting this stuff all over my personal page. So look for that. And then, um, on that group page, we're definitely, I'm definitely going to open it up to, um, like if you have any topics or any questions or anything in particular, or like if you have an idea of someone who would be awesome to inter to be interviewed or, or you think they have a great story or they have, um, like they're just, a cool person, like definitely send me their information or leave a comment or tag them or something, but you know, tweet them, 
Instagram, I don't know, all the things, PM them, whatever you do. So um, that's it. That's something to look forward to. And I definitely um, confirmed that we'll have uh, my friend Angela on on Thursday. So that's coming too. But this has just been our uh, friendly um, clarifications corner. And hopefully we are all fully clarified and good to go. So we'll be moving forward and I will see you all the next time. Bye.